What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Today, we're coming back to you with a little Think and Grow Rich Mindset episode number 10. Number 10. And this one is step nine in 13 Steps Riches, which is the power of the mastermind. And today, you're going to get an awesome mastermind here today with Mr. Tim Cruz, Mr. John Bodnar, and myself here. And we're going to talk about what value masterminds have and why you should be a part of one always. So well, without further ado, I'm going to let um, my co-host, John and Tim introduce themselves and we'll get rock and roll. So Tim, if you want to start us out, who are you, my friend? Absolutely. My name is Coach Tim, one of the coaches here at uh, BSB Wealthy Body Coaching. Um, I am a self-proclaimed meathead, meaning I love to lift heavy things and set them back down, but I'm also a nerd. So I really love to read and learn, but my true passion, what gets me up in the morning, um, fired up, excited, ready for every day is really helping people uh, manifest and grow the, the healthiest, wealthiest versions of themselves, meaning they eat better, they look better, they feel better, they're healthier, and they just overall improve their lives. Because I had a coach that helped me when I was very young and it made me feel amazing. And so if I can make one person or help one person feel the way I feel every single day, my life has purpose. So that's why I'm here. I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's go, let's go. All right, John, talk to you out there who you are, my friend. My name is John Bodnar, and I'm also a coach at BSB Wealthy Body Coaching. And my purpose in life is to, is to help people learn how to make good decisions for themselves. As someone who has struggled with self-sabotage and you know, lack of self-belief and ultimately just not making good decisions for, my, for myself and for my life, now that I have that ability, I want to pass that along to others. This has changed my life drastically. I want to help others do the same. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, fellas, let's get into this thing. So let's talk about mastermind. What is it? Um, and so really what the power, oops. Um, so what is mastermind? So before we talk about what a mastermind is, let's talk about why power is actually an important key to this word. So like power may be defined as an organized and intelligently directed knowledge. And so, okay, so now we understand that like knowledge is power, right? As the old, as old adage, but where does this, where does this knowledge come from? And so, and you can see my screen's all messed up here. Uh, or I'm messing that screen up. Um, we have three places, right? It comes from infinite intelligence, which is a source of knowledge may be contacted through uh, your imagination. Accumulated experience, which is, you know, things that have happened to you in the past. Uh, also, or have, have, it, have happened to other people in the past. They might have done this in books. They might have done this in courses, on interwebs, blogs, things like that. And then your own experiment and research where you're actually gathering facts and classifying things daily. Um, and basically going through your own experiences. So it's basically like your creativity, other people's stories, whether they document that through courses, books, um, things like that, and or you just experimenting or researching. And so these are the sources of knowledge. And then the first one is what defining as power as. Uh, so with that being said, let's, make, let's clean this up a little bit. And Tim, what is you, if you were to like con con combine this onto an abbreviation, how would you define what what this is actually saying as far as like power and, and a source of knowledge and the sources of different knowledge. Yeah, I think, I think it has a fairly good job. Uh, I think it probably could be a little bit more succinct. Um, but yeah, so like knowing what they mean by with the word power, I think is really integral. Um, power being knowledge. And then how do we, how do we gain knowledge, right? Like, so obviously creativity, our unconscious mind, um, and then obviously uh, other people's experiences. So relying on this is like the beauty of a mastermind is relying on a group of people and their collective experience is much more powerful than just our own experience. 
And then obviously our own experience, our own research, our own knowledge that we can bring to the table as well. So I think all in all, those are going to be like the context or not the context, but the succinct like definition. Um, I will add one more thing to this as well. And that is we are the sum of the five people we spend most time on. So outside of experience, outside of knowledge, you are also gaining um, a vibration at a different level. I'm trying to say this without being woo-woo, but basically if you're around a bunch of other like highly successful people, people that are doing the do every single day that live that lifestyle, that talk about it, that it's always front of mind, they, they, they embody what you want to be. You are going to almost like os osmotically or through osmosis, start to bring yourself up to that level. So uh, I had a, a foreman back in the day that would always say, and this was the opposite of that. It's hard to fly, fly like an eagle when you're surrounded by buzzards. Conversely, yeah. surrounded by eagles, you're going to fly like an eagle, right? <laughs> so funny. So that's my, my wife's old boss used to say that same thing. And so she always would be flowing to me. It's funny. Uh, John, with the, if you were to summarize this, how would you summarize it in, in, in your own words? Well, before, before I summarize, I want to point something out that is very important. Is that is that power, you know, knowledge is power, but only if it is organized and intelligently directed. You know, growing up, I was in a, um, in high school, I, we did, oh, what do we even call it? Oh, academic Olympics, which is basically like Jeopardy, but uh, a lot cooler. And I was always jealous of the kids who just like knew a bunch of stuff. They just knew these facts. I'm like, how do you, like, how do you know this? And, and now as I get older, I'm like, that stuff doesn't matter. Like, it's cool to know. Fun facts are fun. That's why the word fun's in front of it. But true power in knowledge is being able to use it for benefit. Use it for your benefit, for the benefit of others, to provide value, to provide breakthroughs, to, to become a better person. And so your knowledge, like just knowing things isn't enough. But if you organize it and direct it intelligently, and use it for good, then that becomes power. So I want to make that really clear. Knowledge for knowledge's sake is not power. Um, but yeah, to, to summarize, I mean, I, I think Tim did a great job. I think the slide does a really good job, but basically it's yep, creativity, other people's experience, and our experience. Those are the three main areas of knowledge that we can draw power from. And when we use all of those three things well, you can pretty much like learn and accomplish anything you need to. It just requires some diligence resistance to create enough experience of your own to learn how you want to direct it intelligently and there's two things there's two points i want to make uh that i want to add on to and the one that you, you just said i think is really important is understanding that those three ways whether it be through your creativity whether it be your experience someone else's experiences it doesn't actually have to be a choice it's like how do i use all three of those how do i use all of those to then draw on a new conclusion and that's what's really powerful is when you're able to do that you actually get some perspective and the second piece is funny that you talked about, uh, I think with the Olympics and like, how do people know? Like I used to have that same conversation in my head. I'm like, I felt really inferior to a lot of people because they just knew things I didn't know. Um, and now the, the story that actually plays in my head is the Henry Ford story that's actually in this book where he gets put on, gets put on trial for being ignorant, for being dumb. Um, and he might drops, he might drops the lawyer inside the, inside the presentation by saying, Hey, ask me any question. But with one caveat, that I get to press a button on my desk that at any moment when you ask me this question, I get to press a button. I find that I have the person who knows the answer to that question because you know what? I'm not going to fill my mind up with clutter of things that I don't need to know about when I, when I know the person who knows the answer to that. And that to me is like the ultimate mic drop. Um, 
And so like, that's actually what John basically explained is like, it's not about having just fun facts in your head, but it's about how do you utilize those fun facts, right? And how do you, how do you monetize them? How do you create value with them? And that's ultimately what power actually is. It's not just information. It's funny because like my, um, my story today was on the same topic as well. It's like basically information without application is literally just as good as you not knowing it. Like just because you know how to read is good, but if you don't ever utilize it, then you're just as, you're just as ignorant as someone who doesn't know how to read, but you're not utilizing your ability to read. So I think that's a really important concept as well. Um, okay. So, so now let's get into what is mastermind. I think this is really cool because Tim actually made a great point, which I'm going to hit on uh, after the slide about what a mastermind is, right? And so mastermind is defined as coordination of knowledge and effort in the spirit of harmony between two more people for the attainment of a definite purpose. And so the first thing I ultimately, like my default to a mastermind is thinking like a business mastermind. Like, hey, I'm going to be part of a business mastermind. I'm going to pay money. And I'm going to be part of a collective group of people where we have like maybe a, a mentor on top, but we get to be part of this, this group of, of other people who are, in the same community, the same, the same uh, desires and goals I do, and get to be part of this community where I get to pick people's brains, and, we, and ultimately we have a leader with coach who we're all following. And I think most people understand that, at least if you're in a business setting. But the way Tim said, I think it's really important to understand is that like whether you're part of a paid mastermind, you're part of your own mastermind, whether you realize it or not, because the five people who are around you, that's part of your, that is your mastermind, and you get to choose those people whether you realize it or not. And so you're not going to pay those people, most likely, right? Some people you might pay. Some people that might pay you, right? It's just really like, that's ultimately the five people you run most, like that is your mastermind. And it's really, it's why it's really important to be around people who are growing, people who are being who you want to be around because uh, as a default, like, you will be soaring with eagles or you'll be eating with the gizzards, right? <laughs> um, and so that was like a huge trip I just had when Tim said that. So anyway, um, John, go ahead and, and talk a little about, about what you see on this slide. Yeah, so I, I really like what you said about your, you're in a mastermind, whether you are paying for it or not, or whether you realize it or not, you are in a mastermind. And I guarantee you can think about a time where you've been with a group of people, maybe a group of people you spend a lot of time with, and you are like masterminding within that. You are talking about ideas, good or bad. Sometimes they're bad ideas. Sometimes it's like, you know, negative self-talk type of things. Um, some, an example I can think of for myself is I, I had this friend group several years ago and they really liked self-deprecating humor and I never did, but I still found myself getting into it, you know, making jokes about myself just for the sake of it, because it's easy and you don't want to, you don't want to face, uh, you know, the actuals you have. So oh, let's just make fun of myself. And that's not something I ever would have gotten into if I was not around people who are already doing that. So on the, on the flip side of that, if you're master, if you're in a mastermind of people who talk, constantly talk positively about themselves and about the world, like we do on our on our morning meetings every single weekday, like that's how you continue to continue to grow, continue to feel good about you. And when you feel good about yourself, you tend to do things that promote that. Just like the opposite is true. So really, pay attention to the masterminds that you're in, and you can even refer to them as that. And if you realize I'm in a mastermind that sucks, like, I got to change that. Because the point of a mastermind isn't just for it to exist, it's for it to benefit you and the people that are in it. Pay close attention to it. It makes a big difference for your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny to say that because like, we're in a mastermind. We, we communicate more with each other than probably do anybody else. So like, our, like, this is our little mastermind that we get to do. And obviously we have our, we have our, our games, we have our rituals, we have our things that, that we do as a way to uh, 
always you can push each other and grow each other. And I think that's the power of having groups like this again um, that aren't your traditional mastermind uh, do allow you to um, allow you to grow or being by being around people who you want to be around. Uh, Tim, what are your thoughts on this one? So definition wise, I think this covers it pretty good. And, and John, um, I, I think that we all kind of have like a similar story of maybe a time that we hung out with a group of people that weren't necessarily bringing us up. They were bringing us down. I definitely know that I've had a few phases in my life where that has been the case. Um, so I'm going to tell a little bit of a, an analogy or a story to kind of illustrate the power of our social circle. So really what we're talking about with a mastermind is the social influence that we have. Like, like I said, like the sum of the five people you hang out with is who you're going to be. You're going to be the six. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, with the crab uh, analogy. Have you guys heard of the crab analogy? So it was a guy that traveled up to Alaska. He was going on a crab uh, fishing trip, whatever you want to call it. He went crabbing and he caught a load of crab, a whole five gallon bucket full. And the guy that he was with, the, the tour guide, the, the master crab, I don't even know what they call him, crabber. Uh, the master crabber like grabbed him, put him on the beach. And he's, they had to go take care of some nets and take care of the boat or whatever. And the guy's like, hey, like, aren't you going to cover the, the five gallon bucket? Because the crabs, won't they get out? He's like, no, don't even worry. Just watch them. Don't even worry about it. And what he would notice is that one little crab would get the, the, uh, the initiative or the, the cojones, if you will, to start climbing out of the bucket. And when he got to the top, he or she, I don't know the, the genders of the, of the crabs. Um, when he would get to the top, sure enough, the other crabs would grab him and pull him back down. And he's like, see, they'll always pull you back down. And that analogy or that story, it's very true, is exactly what your social circle will do with you. So if you're around a bunch of, uh, Bedros Kulian would call them energy vampires or time suckers, or as I like to call them, oxygen thieves, um, essentially they will bring you back down to their level if you don't escape from that group. So personally, I've had to cut out really good friends, really close family members, like literally cut off or completely limit my interaction with them because they did nothing but breed negativity, um, breed, you know, self-doubt and, and any of these limiting, they would actually breed limiting beliefs in you. And not to mention like the close friend groups, they were always wanting to go out and party, always wanting to, you know, ah, screw work, like we'll call in sick today, like those types of mentalities, like I had to be very ruthless and very in, intelligent and um, intentional with the people that I hung, I hung out with. So now like in high school and college, I had this wide group of friends. And now I've got this like small group of people that are like me, you know, friends that are like now are lawyers or have one of my best friends, a green beret, um, people in business like Logan and John, like people that are very much on the same Wayne Lake. Those are the only people that I spend any appreciable amount of time with and that's intentional because i know if i hang out with crabs they're going to pull me back into the bucket oh yeah um so something that i want to talk about at this point too because i think this is like i think it can be like something like well even i gotta get with my friends or i gotta like stop talking to my parents or maybe uh to people that are like seem closest to me and the answer like the answer is like it's a clear yes but i think the caveat this is something i've experienced now from, from from doing cycles, which everything is a cycle, right? Just like all markets come up, all markets come down, uh, everything cycles. And so I have an experience where I had to do the same situation with my mom, actually. Probably one, maybe one of the closest people to me in my life. I had to literally cut her out of my life for a period of time because she was limiting, she was limiting to me. She was, she was being a limiter to me. 
she was put she was putting these these doubts in my head these these thoughts of me that I couldn't do it and I knew that I could not handle that and that like I, I could not handle those limiting beliefs already stacked with my already initial limiting beliefs and still be successful so I knew that I had to get rid of that so I could actually continue to focus on getting control of my living beliefs um and so for a period of time she didn't have my phone number I didn't talk to her uh without her being going through my wife right like she did not have access to me this was my terms and now full circle this years later um she understands where I'm at because now she's going through the same experience. And so guess what? Now she's back in my life and now I'm back in back in her life. And now I'm like almost like a mentor to her uh, to help her get through a lot of these same challenges that I was once facing. Now she's going through them. And so now she's able to come back in my life in a different, in a different role. Uh, but like, just because somebody's not right for you right now, doesn't mean that they're not, might not be right for you in the future. And they might be even a different role in that future as well. And so I think maybe that's the, the key piece is like, it's just no for right now. I think that's the best way to put it because uh just because Tim's not ready right now like it's okay like i wasn't ready 10 years ago right you guys weren't ready five years ago and so it's been, like it's always like people always have their days and so you never want to like kill a relationship you're like i'm not even talking to you again. it's like you know what it's just not right now and if you actually sell yourself on that like that what actually does it shows greatness in both you and them to say you know what i believe that this person has potential to be greatness like they're just not ready right now and so but when they are ready, I'm gonna show up for them. And maybe our roles are gonna be different. Maybe I'm gonna I'm be able to help mentor for them. Or or maybe they'll be my partner. Or maybe we'll have some sort of relationship where it can be like put on national. So um yeah, maybe that helps. Something about that. Yeah. Um cool. John, anyone have this? No, I'm excited for the next one. Cool. Let's do this thing. All right. Um so a group of brains coordinated in a spirit of harmony will provide more thought energy than a single brain. Just as a group of electric batteries will provide more energy than a single battery. So John, I'll let you leave this one out. Um, look, when you see this, what do you see here? So first of all, like that's a little bit obvious, right? The more brains, the more thoughts are going on at a single time. But where I see this really shine is not only is there a more total amount of, of energy, well, thought energy, I'll just call it energy, each brain is also outputting more energy than it would on its own. And if you just like listen to an episode of this, you know, the last, I mean, I don't even know how many we've done at this point, like 20 something, you know, more than that even, then you you can see how like, oh, we say a thought, like we have an initial thought when we look at this and somebody else says something, we're like, ooh, that makes me want to say this. Like it's not something that we had prepared, but because somebody else's brain was firing and putting out energy, it made us think of something new and therefore we're able to put out more energy that goes to the next person. And so it's, there's a multiplicative multiplicative effect on top of just the additional effect of three brains. So instead of having, you know, three individuals here, we're really having like probably closer to nine, the equivalent of nine, because we're just all stacking on top of each other. And okay, well now it's like, okay, why is that important? Well, the more thoughts you have, you know, the more good ideas you're going to come up with the more shots you take, the more you're going to make. And even if some of our thoughts are just like, eh, man, that was fine, or maybe even a bad idea, the more you have, the more willing you are to act on them with the people around you, the more likely you are to have a successful thought or have a valuable thought, something that actually makes you money or makes you makes you healthier, gives you better relationships. So it's super important to, to, to understand like three is not three times better than one. Three is probably nine times better. Mm -hmm. True that. True that. That's, that's super powerful. Love that. Because it's like, it's three people, three things, right? So if, if, if I mean, that's, I don't know if that's exactly what you said, but the way I understood what you just said, John, is that we each have three ways to to gather knowledge. 
Uh, I mean, each person has three different ways, which means if we're just getting one more perspective, we're getting three, like each person bringing three more to the table. That's how I see it. Add on. Uh, Tim, what do you see here? So, so John kind of stole the words right out of my mouth. Um, I was going to say that essentially the, the sum total of the group is more than the components of, of the group. Like, so if it's, there's four or five people, it's not as much as like four or five, you know, different thoughts. It's actually exponential because each person causes the other person to, to raise up energy wise, thought wise. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm actually going to approach this from a little bit different angle. So, and they have studied this before. If there's a car accident and let's say there was four witnesses, the four witnesses are most likely without a doubt going to have four completely different perspectives on the same event that just occurred. Right. So we, we kind of translate that to the mastermind idea. Yes. Every single person in the group has a certain amount of knowledge. Every single person has a, every single person has a certain amount of imagination, creativity, but they also have definitely different perspectives. So you can you get so much more out of being able to see the problem if there is a problem like that's something you're working on from multiple different angles because sometimes we're blinded by our own perspective but if we can compound that perspective with the increased energy and the increased thought output from the group exponentially your your growth curve or your your learning curve will be shortened like drastically so i find that as like another component is like hey like i might see a problem and Logan might see a problem and John might see a problem. We might see three different things wrong and have three different perspectives on how to solve that problem. So we're able to see it from multiple people's eyes or point of view rather than just relying on our own. You know, the, so what I see, and this is maybe more of the overarching uh, theme of mastermind rather than just the site itself, but I see masterminding as this idea of plus equals minus, which I've talked with you guys about, but the idea of plus equals minus is that you should always have somebody who is above you, like like a mentor. You should always have somebody who is an equal, like a community member, someone who's doing the same thing you're doing. And you also you should always have a minus, which is basically somebody who you yourself are mentoring. And so I think ultimately when it comes to mastermind groups, people inherently understand the value of the first two. They understand like having somebody who's smarter than you and having a community of people who are like-minded. But I think there's so much value and maybe even more value to you mentoring somebody else. And so the story that I want to share with you is actually, I was actually having breakfast with a with a friend. I would consider him maybe a, an equals, a community member in the real estate world with me a couple weeks ago. And so we're sitting outside of this place uh, before we were seated and we're talking about um, an investor club meeting that I'm part of, which is basically just a group of, and, and, and this specific type of meeting, it's literally just, community member so there is no mentor uh, there's no like top dog and there's just literally just a community and he was basically saying how he didn't really see value in it because you know there wasn't anybody who he's like i don't really see anybody there who you know basically that he could get from essentially right that's essentially what he's saying i didn't see anybody in there who's like any smarter than than he or i was is basically how he said it in a, in a very nice way and i was like instantly my first thought was like yeah but that means everybody else is below you. I mean, you have so much to teach other people. And that is how you actually learn the most is by teaching. And so when most people, they only see what they can get. When you're able to spin it and say, well, what can I give? You end up getting a lot more than you could ever imagine. And so that's really the message that I want to, to finish with the mastermind is that most people always think that, well, I gotta, 
I always got to reach up or I got to get people around me. When the easiest thing actually is to reach, is to put your hand down and say, who can I help? Who can I give to? And that's when you actually learn the most because when you're forced to teach, when you're forced to, 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 to share your with somebody else, it helps you understand exactly how you got to where you got to and helps you, it helps it make a lot more sense to you as well. And so that plus equals minus is something I'm super like, once I heard that concept, I was like, well, this is freaking amazing. First two make a lot of sense. Third one is like, I think the most powerful one that some people overlook is like, when I just mentor somebody, I learn so much. So, and I think that goes against, doesn't go against a lot of the ideas of like the, the, um, the idea of having the five people around you. So you ultimately think of like, well, if I can be the bottom one, I'm always going to reach stuff. But I don't necessarily think you always want to be the bottom one. You just got to make sure that people who are bottom, like you're like, they also want to like reach up as well. So obviously there's people who are below you, but they don't want, to, but they don't want your help. They want to be negative Nancy's, you know? And so that's where you have to, you have to filter out the people who are in your mastermind and making sure that they are like, they're the type of people who want to reach up. They're the type of people who's looking for the, who's looking for the superstar that, that they can learn and they can grow from because then you can actually help that person because at the end of the day, you can't coach people who are not coachable. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I see as the power of the mastermind equaling that or not. Uh, and then like equating it to this idea of the plus equals minus. So you guys, do you guys have anything you guys want to add to not just this slide, but I, where you guys see value in the idea of a mastermind and putting yourself around in like, like-minded individuals. Yeah. I want to touch briefly on, on what you just said about like, yeah, you don't want to just, you don't necessarily need to be only surrounded by people above you. And when you first said that, I was like, okay, yeah, but I agree, but why? Like, why, why is that actually true? So if you are, if you truly are the sum of the people around you, you like you need to have someone there who is wanting to grow to your level because that instills that quality in you. It doesn't, they don't bring you down. They make sure that they help you say like, okay, I wanted to get to this person's level just because this person is quote unquote below. You know, that doesn't mean that they're a negative influence. If anything, they, they're forcing you to grow because they're growing too. And they're going to catch you if you don't grow too. And, and that's something that is helpful, a helpful perspective for me because I know that I like teaching. I know that teaching others helps me grow, whether it's, whether it's my clients, whether it's helping, helping peers with, Know, training and drilling or whatever else but it's it still forces you to grow and so even if you're surrounded only by people that are minuses you would still grow as long as they're all willing to grow along, along with you 100 uh, tim what are your final thoughts on power of mastermind so um i'm going to use a little personal anecdote here kind of going in line with what what you talked about john and what you talked about logan so Early in my training career, probably three, four years in, I've been training a lot of like high level athletes, a lot of uh, people that were much more physically gifted than me as far as athletics go. So people that played in the NBA, people that went to the Olympics, um, people that played college, like collegiate D1 football. Um, But the owner of the facility at the time saw a really uh, unique hole in the market that there wasn't a lot of kids athletic camps that were being taught, especially during the summertime. And so he, he tasked me with organizing and putting together a kid's camp. And we did like these six week camps and they would go Monday through Friday and they were like two hours long. And it was all about skill development, but more just athletic development for really young kids, like seven, eight years old and younger. I think the cutoff was five. Like we, so they, they were able to like, you know, they were like kindergarten through first or second grade. Um, and I thought at first, like, gosh, this is like, I'm, I'm a strength coach. I got a college degree. Like I'm, 
I'm above this. Like I'm training pro athletes right now. I'm training Olympians. Like what the hell am I doing coaching kids? And I didn't see the wisdom in what the owner um, had put in front of me. So I organized this kid's camp. Hardest freaking thing I've ever done in my life. It's maybe not in my life, but coaching wise, hardest group of people I've ever coached. And what I learned through the process was that if you can teach a child how to move, how to eat, how to perform a squat correctly, how to jump and land correctly, how to run correctly. If you can teach a kid how to do something, you really know, not just the subject matter, but you also know how to teach because you can ha you have to take, and Al Albert Einstein said something to the effect of, like, if you can say it simply, that shows that you have mastery over the subject, right? If I can say something that a child can understand, take a complex idea, distill it down and make it understandable to a child that shows that I truly understand the information. And it really forced a massive growth curve for me as a coach, because a lot of those skills that I took or I learned from training kids, I started to implement onto my pro athletes, my Olympians, my D one college football players. Like those skills were so transferable. I grew more from that six week camp. And we ended up doing these like every single, every single summer, like, cause it was a great, it was a great business too. Um, but I, I, I ended up becoming so much better of a coach. Like I got more out of it than the kids did, which is crazy. And I went into it with the mindset of like, what the hell am I doing? Like, this is below. <laughs> so I had first, I had first had knowledge of, of what Logan talks about the plus equals minus. Like I got so much more out of reaching down and bringing children up than I ever did reaching up to the people that like, let's be honest, a pro basketball player, they're super coordinated. They don't have to think about what they do they can just naturally run and jump and dunk. Like that's just, they're fast, they're strong. Like they probably came out of the womb that way. Um, but these kids are just normal kids. Like they were, they were like you and me. Like they didn't know how to run right. They didn't know how to jump right. They didn't know how to like, gosh darn it. And most of them couldn't do a push up. Most of them couldn't do a squat without their knees like caving in. Like it was, it was, you know, very, very limited like athletic ability naturally. But being able to correct and coach that, now I can look at like the people that are high level and actually apply it. I was a much better teacher which I feel very passionate about teaching. So it really helped me level up by reaching down. It's, it's funny to say that because that's how I got my break into the, into the industry was actually, I, I said I interned for free for six months, strength and conditioning coach. Like I actually was teaching the young kids while the head coach was teaching the high school kids. So I was yeah. working with, you know, the fourth graders, fifth graders, sixth graders, seventh graders, uh, and then, you know, and, and eighth graders. And then he was working with all the high school kids. So like, that's how I actually learned how to coach was through kids. And then I think that actually helped when I started working with adults made it really simple because I just like treated them like kids because ultimately that's all grown-ups are is just adult kids. No, just just big kids. They yeah. just throw different different That's all. <laughs> one, of the, one of the little uh, traps or uh, pitfalls that coaches, especially young coaches run into is they have this like need. And I was definitely no different to let everybody know how smart they are. Yeah. That doesn't work on a kid because if you start talking about like biomechanics, you know, the V angle, like start talking about, you know, the tibia, how it relates to the femur in a squat pattern, like the kids are like, what the hell? That's my knee bone. And that's my shin bone. Like they don't <laughs> like that doesn't work on them. They don't care how smart you are. And then you realize like no one does. They care about whether or not you can help them. And so it, it allows you to like really ditch the high level like language and vernacular and, and distill it down to like, hey, like do this and be very simple and succinct with the way that you talk to people. Um, so yeah, that's another thing that like you learn as you mature as a coach is 
you you lose that that need that necessity to impress people with your your knowledge so fun it's awesome guys well you know what it's kind of funny because obviously we, we went into this idea of the mastermind and um again maybe i'm bringing my own my own beliefs into this but i think that we were that Originally, the idea of a mastermind is like a group of community people that work above us, but we spend a lot of our time talking about coaching and like who can we mentor below us. And regardless, like they all have their value. Like I've got it, like we all have to have the same um, growth from having mentors and having people who are in um, and like minded individuals. Um, but I just think that the one that most people miss out on is the ability to actually coach. And you don't need a certification to coach, you don't need to be a, a personal trainer or a certified trainer, you don't need anything. You know, you don't need to be a dad. You don't need to have like some sort of like label to actually push people. Like, just go out there and help people. Like, I'm gonna, I'll finish it with, uh, with, with the Tony Robbins story. So he tells a story that he learned the the NLP technique, right? Basically, which is what we use as a, as a breakthrough technique, which is basically to get people to uh, help get over their limiting beliefs. And he learned it through, uh, like specifically, how to keep you from smoking, right? And so he basically. Um, learn this technique and he's like okay like he wanted to go out there and like start teaching you right away and the guy's like whoa, whoa, whoa. you can't go out there like you're just not certified yet he's like what do you mean i'm not certified like, i know how to help people right and he's like well if you can help you like then i want to take you out of the program and you know what Tony Robinson? he went right down the street and started helping people right away quitting smoking he's like i don't need to be certified to help like i know what i know how to help people and i think ultimately like we like get our own ways and put our own beliefs that you know what? i don't have enough money i don't have the right certification i don't i don't have enough experience uh whatever it may be like we we basically limit ourselves to truly do the thing that we're putting this earth for which is to actually help people like if you have a skill like it is your job to serve and it's your, it's your job to help somebody else uh through the contribution of that um and i think that's what this whole this whole message is really about is like we're here to serve the more you can serve the more you can give uh more fulfilled your life is going to be so that's what i want to end with is that Tony robin's story is like what do you mean like Go out there and help people. You don't need to have whatever it is, some sort of certification or some sort of like worth, net worth to go help people. Uh, like just go do it. So anyway, that's the power of the mastermind. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, John Trapp. I'm here today giving you guys wisdom. Uh, thank you guys for being part of our mastermind and ensuring we're really helping each other grow every single day. So without further ado, we'll be back next week. Uh, next step in these 13 steps of riches. And uh, yeah, just appreciate you guys. And thank you all for listening. We'll chat to you guys soon. Bye. Yeah.